Oops. That was Robbie's fault. I'm sorry I didn't get nobody for the um, scripture reading, but that would be me. Hebrews 10, 24-25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, and is the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Beloved, it is truly wonderful to see each and every one of you. Uh, got a couple of things I, I want us to be praying about, please, if you would. Um, no, some of y'all have not met Danica Finner, but you will know Zay and Serena, who are her two little children that Cindy has been bringing to church very often. Um, she has cancer. She's, uh, what, 20 in her, in her 20s, and she has a very serious cancer. So we've been asked to pray for her. If you'd put Danica on your prayer list, and then, of course, as Troy mentioned, I appreciate Troy praying for this, um, Joan Pittman losing her husband David recently. He had had a long bout of, of all kinds of medical problems. And, um, and I'm telling you, brethren, uh, David loved this church. He loved, he, he understood, what we, we're going to be talking about fellowship here in a minute, and, and David understood that. He understood that deeply because of the his situation and not being able to fellowship with God's people for many, many years. And and, and so he loved being here, and he loved this church, and he loved you all. He, he, every time we talked, he would, he, would, he would express that to me. So uh, he, as Troy said, much better place now and, and going to be with the Lord forever. Uh, but, but that's what I want to talk about today, brothers and sisters. What a fellowship. Because, see, everybody that's come in this building today, without fail, every one of you have said to me, oh, we miss being here. It's so good to be able to be here this morning. And, 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 and we're so happy to be here, and we're so happy to be together, even though we don't have a, you know, everybody here, but, we, but it's a good start, and we're so grateful for that. And everybody that I talk to on the phone or through, through you know, texting or social media or whatever, everybody out there that's a member of the Lord's Church here has expressed to me, how much they miss it and how much they want to be back here. And brothers and sisters, wouldn't it be wonderful? Because I know human nature, right? We don't miss the water till the well runs dry. You heard that, right? And we do take things for granted. That's our human nature. And, and, and maybe we've been taking, assembling together to worship God and fellowship with one another the way that we often do. Maybe we've just been kind of taking that for granted. And, um, and we shouldn't be. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every time we come together to worship God together, that we would have the same kind of feeling and attitude that we have right now. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we did that? I, I was in a congregation one time. We started from scratch, as we would say, and, and, and the Lord blessed that congregation. We were really growing and everything, and, and we had a visitor come one day that somebody brought, and, they, and, and, and everybody reached out to her and hugged her an egg, made her feel welcome and everything. And, and, and she was very observant and watched everything. And, and, and she came up to me after and said, man, this is the most lovingest bunch of people I ever did see, man. And she really bragged on us, which always makes the preacher feel good. But she come back that evening because she was impressed. And she come up to me afterwards, and she was even more excited. And she said, man, you know what? This is amazing, said said, said uh, y'all saw each other this morning just a few hours ago, but you come back this evening and you hugging on each other and telling each other how much you love each other as if you ain't seen each other in 10 years, you know? Brethren, isn't that the way the Lord's church should be? Isn't it? I, I'm serious now. I mean, I mean, because we take stuff for granted. And so many people say, oh, Brother Green, I'll be so glad when we can get back here and everything. And that's good, brethren, and I appreciate that attitude. But I want us to maintain it. 
I, I want us to always say, as the psalm says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But I want us to look at this fellowship because, as I said, we, we've been, you know, really appreciating it now, I think, in a way that maybe we haven't before. And, and you sometimes hear people say, well, we need to have more fellowship. And most often what that means in the Lord's church is a dinner on the ground or a church social, right? I mean, seriously, brethren, when we say we need to have more fellowship, we talk about doing things together like getting together and it better involve eating, right? And if it's going to be scriptural, it better involve fried chicken. You know, uh, but brethren, is that all there is to fellowship? You know, true biblical fellowship, and that's what true fellowship is, a biblical, uh, and is so very much, much more. And that's what I want us to look at today for a few minutes, because fellowship is needed. We're realizing that, right? While, we, while we're, quote, together, but separate together at home and all that kind of stuff, we're not together in person. And, and, and people begin to feel that and to understand that God has a reason for us to get together and fellowship and to worship him the way that we do. And so it is not only needed, it's commanded of God's people. One of the things you see in Acts chapter 2 at the brand new church, the birthday of the church, the Bible said they continually devoted themselves to certain things, and one, as you read there, is to fellowship. That word devoted means they did it, they were serious about it. It wasn't a casual thing, and how often did they do it? It was a continual thing. They were very serious about that. And so, brethren... If a Christian is to grow spiritually and make it to heaven, we've got to have the kind of biblical fellowship that the Bible refers to. Uh, Christian fellowship, brothers and sisters, um, you know, is deeper than, than friendly socializing. It's so much deeper than that if we understand it correctly. So I want to look this morning for a little while. What is biblical fellowship? What is it? The Greek word for fellowship, because we have English, but the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Can y'all say that? Koinonia. Nonia. Okay? It means fellowship. It means a, what we interpret fellowship, a sharing with those who have something in common. In the Greek, brethren, in fact, in every language, they have what they call root words, okay? In other words, you go right back to the very deepest of this meaning, and what does it mean, okay? And so, it means literally, koinonia literally means fellows in the same ship. It was a sailor term, a nautical term. And what it meant was that you had people in a same ship, in the same situation, they were all rowing together or pulling together and trying to reach the same destination. That's a good definition of biblical fellowship, brethren. We're in this together, right? We really are. Now, the, the basic idea of fellowship then in the Greek word is people who share with each other. It is a sharing and there's two types of fellowship that the Bible gives. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. Robbie's done a good job in putting the scripture up here. There, there is what is called the vertical, okay? The, the, the up and down, and that is a person who shares in the life of God. And brothers and sisters, until we get this straight, we're not going to have good fellowship with each other. Amen? This is the key, okay? John says this in 1 John 1, 3. And we're going to be reading a, a few verses out of this text. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. We're going to look at that in a minute. 
And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Shows two types of fellowship here that Christians are to have. The first and foremost, of course, is, is a vertical relationship, okay? And so, that is a person who shares in the life of God. Brothers and sisters, God has always desired a relationship with his creation. God wants that. He wants that deep, intimate fellowship. It's more than just a Sunday morning only thing. God wants that with his people. Now, brethren, here's how you have it, because verse 6 tells us about this, okay? In uh, verse 6, he says to us, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We're going to read all this in just a minute, okay? But, but, but look at that one verse, okay? Brethren, he said, look, 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 you can say you have fellowship with God all you want. But if your life's not right with him, okay? He didn't say we're sinless because he's going to go on and talk about that and says we're not. But he says if we say, if we claim to have fellowship with him and walk like the people in the world walk, if we walk in the darkness, he said God's light. And in him is no darkness at all. So if we walk in the darkness, in other words, if we walk opposed to God, then we can't expect to have fellowship with him. And a lot of times people are saying to me that, Brother Green, I just don't understand why God's not answering my prayers. Well, you're living like a heathen, brethren. Okay? And, and that's, you know, you, you've got to walk with God. Not perfection, brethren. We understand that. We're not talking about that at all. But do you have that intimate walk with your heavenly Father? He's your Father. You're his child. He wants that wonderful, loving, father-child type of fellowship with his people. And so we have to have fellowship with God, beloved, before we can have biblical relationship with each other. God is our Father. We're his children. The, he goes on to say in, in the uh, book of 1 John that, that uh, you know, if, if, we don't, if we don't have a relationship with God, then, then we're not going to be loving his children either. Okay? So, brethren, we need to do that. Look at what he said, verses 5 through 7, okay? If, <clears throat> This is the message we've heard from him, and that's to you all, that God is lighting him, and there's no, no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself, us, walking in the light, as he himself, meaning God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now, in this text, brethren, we're going to see another one in a minute, but in this text, the fellowship with one another is talking about us with God and God with us. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a whole other sermon and a great one. But we have that fellowship with God, and God has that fellowship with us. I think sometimes, brethren, we get to think of the fellowship with God as a one-way street, that, that it's just us, you know, praying to God, asking God, begging God, you know. Uh, you know there's, no, 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 brother, it's a two-way street. God wants to have fellowship with us as well. And, and it's a marvelous, marvelous thing, as you read when the Bible, throughout the Bible, when we do that, Okay. There may be, uh, brothers and sisters, if we walk in the light, we're going to have fellowship with God, okay? And, uh, and so, brethren, that, maybe that's why some people have poor fellowship with God is because uh, they haven't really put God first in their life as the Bible says to do, you know? And that's what we've got to do because I'll tell you, those who have a heart for God are going to have more things in common with one another, Amen? That's what fellowship is, sharing something in common, okay? And then there's the horizontal relationship that he talks about here. 
fellowship with each other. First John 1, 3. He says that we have uh, fellowship with one another. He said, you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So two types of fellowship. Brethren, we're to have fellowship with one another. Biblical fellowship, you know. Um, there are those who share in the life of Christ begin to share it with one another, right? That's, that's what we need to do. We share with each other in our Christian walk. Let me tell you something, brethren, and, and listen to this seriously now. If you find that you have more in common with your non-Christian friends than you do with your brethren, you need to look at that very, very seriously. I've heard people say, Brother Green, I got, I'm, I'll freely admit I enjoy spending time with my non-Christian friends more than I do God's own people. Brethren, that's a dang, that red flags ought to go up everywhere. Amen? And, and so we need to have that kind of fellowship. And somebody says, well, I don't get that kind of deep fellowship in the Lord. Well, start it, okay? It's got to begin somewhere, all right? But both kinds are essential to the Christian life, brethren. They're not, they're not optional at all, okay? If you neglect either one, we're going to suffer for it. And that's why we have the admonition, as Robbie read so well in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, is that, you know, why we need to meet together. Well, you see people say, why do we meet together? Well, so we can go through the five acts of worship. That's true, brothers and sisters. We understand that. But what does he say? Do it to a persecuted people. Let us consider. That means you think deeply about that. Let us consider how to stimulate. Some of say spur. Y'all ever been riding a horse and you had spurs? And he didn't want to go? You spur him in the flanks, buddy? You better hang on. Okay? Let us consider how to spur or stimulate one another love and good deeds. And what does he say in that same context? Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, then that's the way we need to be. That's the kind of fellowship that God wants his people to have. Okay? And so that's what we need to be doing. Now, what are we to fellowship in? Okay, what are we to share in, brethren? You know, you say, well, the whole Christian life, Brother Green. That's true, brethren. That's exactly right. But the Bible gives us some specifics on how to do that, okay? And let me give you some verses real quick that you can write down if you want to, okay? Um, the, the Bible says that we are to share in a common faith, Titus 1.4. We have certain things in common. That's what fellowship is, a common sharing, okay? Titus 1.4 says we have a common grace. Philippians 1, 7 says we have a common grace from God. And then Jude 3 says we have a common salvation with one another. We are to share in those things, brothers and sisters. We're to share in those things. And this is all due, the Bible says, to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. They, and so, brethren, these are given freely by loving Father. God freely, he, the Bible says he's faithful to us. He freely gives us his faith, he free, or, or his grace, I'm sorry, and he freely offers us salvation. And so we're to participate in those things. We're to share those things with one another and share in those things with each other. And those who are given, the, these are given freely by a living father, a loving father, and the Bible says we are also to share them freely. The Bible also says not only that, brethren, that what we would call the spiritual thing, it gets down to the nitty-gritty and the practical. We're to share, when needed, our wealth, our households, our 
food, our money, our material possessions. You see this in the New Testament church with the, uh, in the book of Acts. In Acts 2, 44 through 47, you're, really, you're familiar with these verses. And those who had believed were together, that's the fellowship, and had all things in common. Again, fellowship is a common sharing. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as everyone might have need. Day by day, continuing one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having faith with all the people. And the Lord was adding their number day by day, those who were being saved. Brothers and sisters, when we can fellowship with folk like that, I believe the Lord will continue to add to our number. Amen? People are looking for that kind of fellowship. And so this is what they did. Chapter 4, you see verses 34 and 35, where they carried out what they talk about in chapter 2. There was not a needy person among them, all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed each as they had need. Brethren, they took care of each other. Biblical fellowship is involved in this, brothers and sisters. Okay, there's no selfishness in biblical fellowship. The koinoia is also used in sharing of labor. Brethren, listen to this. You know what? When you share with somebody like that, you know, in 2 Corinthians 8.23, okay, Paul refers to Titus as my fellow laborer. That's the word koinia there, okay? They labor together. When, when you're working with God's people, you're fellowshipping. We've had a number of people uh, this past week up here at the building either working in the flower beds along the front or, the, or laying sod, you know, and, and, and you know what we were doing doing that? Fellowshipping. You said something, young folks said, well, Mr. Green, we worked hard. We was out there sweating. Yeah, you were. And you were fellowshipping. When somebody takes somebody to the hospital in our congregation that needs a ride to the doctor's appointment, you're fellowshipping. When someone takes a meal or to someone who's sick or shut in, you know, you're fellowshipping. When you go over and, 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 and you visit with someone that needs a visit, whether it's the hospital or their home, you're fellowshipping. You go mow somebody's yard who's been ill and not able to do it, you're fellowshipping. Brothers and sisters, we don't look at that as that way, but that is exactly what it is. The sharing of material possession, the sharing of ourselves, our labors with one another, okay? When you're working with God's people, that is fellowship. And we also, the Bible says, have to share in suffering. Isn't that amazing? Paul writes about that. Uh, you know, we say, well, I like the dinners on the ground, and I like the good times, and I like when we get together and play ball or go to the Itchtutney River or whatever. <clears throat> what about the suffering part? That's fellowship. Philippians 3, verse 10 the Apostle Paul says that he's given up everything that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And listen, this, this is the word koinia here, the fellowship of his suffering. <coughs> Excuse me, being conformed to his death. Are you willing to share in the fellowship of suffering? For Christ? For, Christ, for God's people? Hmm. Brethren, how many of us have really thought about this? Fellowship involves suffering? <laughs> You've known some of the brethren I have, yes. <laughs> no, I'm, okay. Uh, yes, fellowship can involve suffering, okay? The Bible says that. Next verse, 1 Peter uh, 4.13. But to the degree 
that you share, that, that's the word koinonia, that you share in the sufferings of Christ. Keep on rejoicing so at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. And then Romans 12, verse 15. We love the part, first part of that, don't we? Rejoice with those who rejoice. We like that. You know, we, and we need to do that, brother, and that's part of fellowshipping. You know, we got young people going to be graduating. We need to be rejoicing for them. We really do. We got other people that's overcoming the illnesses. We need to be rejoicing with them. We need to do that, brother. We got people that may be getting a job promotion or, or you know, getting a new home, whatever it may be. We need, we need to be rejoicing with them, folks. We got some, we got some students that make straight A's, man, you know. Uh, <laughs> those of us who didn't, we need to be rejoicing with them. We, uh, that's part of it. But then listen to what he says. You also are to weep with those who weep. We need to enter into their suffering with them. That is part of biblical fellowship. Now, <clears throat> brethren, we cannot practice biblical fellowship only on Sunday and Wednesday. Not biblical fellowship. It is an ongoing part of our everyday Christian life. So what attitudes are essential in order to have biblical fellowship? Brethren, we, we, there are certain attitudes that we've already seen that hinder fellowship. There are certain attitudes that's going to help it immensely. We've already seen from 1 John 1 that if we sin, if we continue to sin, if we walk in sin, if that's our habit, our lifestyle, then, then that's going to hinder fellowship with God. It's going to hinder fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? So, so we need to be walking in the light. But what, what is it that the Bible gives us that's going to help us to be able to have fellowship with people? Chad touched on it today a little bit in his Bible class, and one is humility. Jesus had great fellowship. In fact, even his enemies accused him. They gave him a backhanded compliment. This man eats with sinners. He did. He was a humble person. The Bible said that when Jesus came to the earth, that he humbled himself, Philippians 2. He humbled himself and took on human flesh. And he came. How did he come? What form of human flesh? Did he come as a great king? No. He came, as the Bible said, a do loss, a slave. And Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus tells his disciples to be humble so that they can serve one another because brothers and sisters, fellowship involves serving and the proud wants to be served. A proud man is not going to serve unless it's so that he can be seen, so that he can be in the spotlight. The, you've got to be humble. In Philippians 2, verse 34, the Bible tells us Christ is our perfect example of humility. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, meaning pride, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Well, then that's what humility would do, not pride. pride. Pride is selfish. Pride wants self to be the center of everything. Christ is our perfect example of humility. He gave an example of this in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45, when he, the disciples were arguing about, you know, well, who's going to be first in the kingdom of heaven, Lord, when you come to sit on your throne? I want to be on your right hand. I want to be on your left. And so Jesus said, oh, boy, they need some teaching. So calling them to himself, he said to them, you know those who are recognized as the rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. He said, that's the way it is in the world, brethren. That's where it's going to be in the world. Y'all understand that? We've seen some of this with that COVID-19, haven't we? 
Have y'all seen certain governors of certain states say, if y'all go back to work, we're going to cut the electricity off of your business. And you, and you, boy, I mean, just threaten them with jail time. Threat, somebody go to church, they're going to threaten them with jail time. This is the way the world does. But Jesus says, <clears throat> this is not, this is not the way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you is going to be your servant. And who wants to be first among you shall be slave to all. Brothers and sisters, we've got to have that humble attitude. Humility is a willingness to confess our faults to God and to one another, okay? We need to do that. That draws people, brothers and sisters, and a lack of humility will always hinder fellowship. Secondly, of course, is love, and you knew we were coming to that. That's the most important attitude. 1 Corinthians 13 says that. He said there are a lot of great things out there, but the greatest of these is love. Jesus said, by this shall all men know you're my disciples, is how? The love that you have for one another. Lack of love is going to be what destroys fellowship. Love is a magnet, brothers and sisters, that draws people to you. Christians must have an attitude of love so that others will openly respond and share with them. You're not exactly going to want to give your innermost being and, and talk to somebody that you know is just going to automatically condemn you. We need to love one another. Brethren, we're not talking about condoning sin. Please understand that. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about having the attitude that Jesus had when he dealt with sinners and he dealt with many. You know why Jesus dealt with many sinners? <laughs> He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He didn't stand aloof from them. He didn't have that holier-than-thou attitude, although he certainly was. And he fellowshiped with them. This is agape love. It is willing to suffer for others. It possesses an attitude of acceptance and forgiveness, and it cares for other people no matter what the cost is, no matter how much I've got to suffer to help somebody. Brethren, that is biblical fellowship. So let me ask us all, when we say, boy, we've missed our fellowship together, Brother Green, are we talking about the kind we just described from God's Word? Is that the kind of intimate fellowship we want, not only with our Heavenly Father, but with one another? Brethren, I'll tell you, you practice that kind of fellowship, we'll have people coming through them doors. Amen. We will. We will. Somebody said, well, Brother Green, there's just no greater fellowship than what we can have with our Lord. And that's true. That is absolutely right. But brethren, people in the world long for true, deep, biblical fellowship. <clears throat> there's a whole lot of this younger generation who don't even have that in their home. They come from broken dysfunction household and if we give them the true loving Christian biblical willing to suffer for them kind of fellowship that's what they're looking for I want us as God's people to take it to them God wants to have fellowship with you friend you need to understand that if you're not in Christ in fact if you're in Christ you need to understand that I, I, I fear some Christians really don't I fear some Christians have this idea, well, I'm a sinner before God, and he really doesn't want anything to do with me. No, brethren, he does. He wants that intimate relationship with you. And he wants it with everybody. And it's up to us as God's people 
to bring those folk to Christ so they can have that kind of fellowship. And friend, if you're not in Christ, we, we want you to know, we want to declare boldly this morning that God Almighty, that Chris talks about nobody over him, he's the head of everything, the King of kings, the, the, the only creator over it all, and yet in all of his creation, he wants to have fellowship, an intimate relationship with you. And he proved it. He proved it by sending his son to be nailed to a horrible cross and die a tremendously terrible death. So you can be saved and be forgiven of your sins and have that intimate fellowship with him. But then you're added to his family when you're baptized into Christ. You're added to his church. You're added to his koinonia. You're added to his fellowship so that you can have the kind of help and assistance that you need to walk a Christian life, a godly life in this darkened world. Beloved, God has provided a way for you to have that fellowship. We'd love to show you from his word exactly what it says to do to get out of the world and into Jesus Christ. And then one day, see, as we remain faithful to God, we're going to have that fellowship with each other and with God for an eternity in heaven. And brethren, if we think fellowship here is good, and it is, just wait till we get there. It's going to be even better. Don't miss that. Don't miss that for anything in this world while we stand and say.